0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With CounterPoint. 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 Here's Alex Pearson on Global News
1: Radio. Uh, I'm Alex Pearson. It is time for CounterPoint. Fun times roll. Omar Khan joining us tonight with Melissa Lansman. I'm just going to shorten the title. Both VPs, both at uh, Hill and Knowlton. One is a liberal. One is a conservative. You guess. Let's play the guess again. Who, who is the conservative? Who is the liberal? Let's see. Let's see. All I'm right, let,
0: Canadian first.
1: Okay. There's the liberal. There's a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> it's so late. All right. Where are you guys on this uh, op-ed? And let's put our feelings aside for Donald yep. Trump, because the story is bigger than him, I think. Um, because both of you guys have worked in politics. <sighs> and I'll start with you on this, Melissa. If you hate your boss or you hate your boss's politics, is it okay to go behind the boss's back and write a, a secret and anonymous, uh, you know, very um, damning
2: op-ed, or do you quit? Well, if you hate your boss and you want to write an op-ed, you should put your name on it. Uh, and the the newspaper actually has a responsibility to uh, to have people write things with their name on it. Well, It's as simple as that.
1: I, I was shocked because I just interviewed Lawrence Martin, who wrote, I think, a really good piece in the Globe and Mail, and, and he said... This was not even a news story. This was written as an editorial. And the editorial department did not talk to the news department. And the news department's like, what the hell? So I think there's a bigger problem behind the scenes than we're probably hearing about. But I think it's very dangerous, Omar, to be um, trying to overturn and or undermine someone who's elected democratically uh, by doing these political hits without a name.
0: Yeah. So I would say if you think your boss is crazy... Mm-hmm. Uh and you And there are a lot of
1: crazy politicians. Well,
0: yeah, not a lot of them who have access to the nuclear codes. So if you think your boss is crazy yeah, and you feel that there's a responsibility to protect the broader public whatever stay there and do what you were doing do what he's claiming that he's doing anyways but if you're going to put out an op-ed to publicly undermine the guy who's, you know, paying you or or well, the taxpayers are paying you but the guy who appointed you to that position you should have the guts to put your name to it. I don't fault the New York Times for running this. Uh, well, you're a, you're about story. the only one. If, no, if there's, if there's a senior-level administration official ready to write something like this, that is a news story. That is news. Mm, yeah, writing. but it wasn't
1: written as a news story. It was written as an editorial, and
2: it was written as an editorial without a name. But let's go. And back the way, to, it, by the way, but what was the news value in it?
1: What did we learn that we don't know? Well, the news value is that
0: somebody very senior, possibly someone in the cabinet, but definitely somebody it with access. Been the janitor. You definitely know that, right? somebody with access to cabinet deliberations. It could have
1: been the New York Times. Could have been the cleaning woman.
0: Yeah uh A
1: clean guys is so
0: concerned mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. by the conduct of the president that they felt the need to do this whether it's right or wrong i think that's newsworthy you know look the the, the 30% of americans who are diehard trump supporters aren't going to care
2: no actually uh, what this does it has actually emboldened his base uh and and i think that uh whoever wrote this um Probably doesn't uh, probably doesn't understand that. But but, but it also it
1: also feeds into what he's been saying, which is that the media can't be trusted. And and by the way, I think it opens a very dangerous Pandora's box of other media now feeling like, oh, God, now we have to do it because he's
0: been saying it for for over a year and he's been losing pretty much every swing race uh, uh, since then. Uh, So, look, we'll see what happens in in November in the midterm elections. The Republicans in Congress live or die based on independent voters, and right now independent voters seem to be swinging massively to the Democratic side.
2: Now, one more thing on this. I think the pressure needs to be on. Either they have to say who it is um, really soon, uh, or it becomes known because this is sort of a a butt-covering activity. Eventually, things are going to go sour. They always do. Uh, And somebody's going to say, well, you know what? At that time, I did this. This is me.
1: Well, I have to think there's got to be a couple of meetings going on, a couple of lawyers. I mean, I just I know from this place that I would never get a story like that on any of our platforms without it being a source. And a name source, and/or I had at least three other sources. Being, I mean, it just—it doesn't happen. It's just not. It can't be that easy. It should not be that easy.
0: I don't know things leaked quite a bit when I was at Queens Park, and yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure they didn't have triple sources. That is no. I'll,
1: I'll tell you, the newsrooms are are saying. You know, it used to be two sources. Now they go up to three. But look, you've I sat source in front, front of a
0: reporter once, and he asked me if I had heard a rumor, and I said I had heard a rumor, and then he said, "Okay, great, double confirmation." To which I said. I don't know if it's true, and this reporter said to me, "Don't worry, we'll write that we've that this is being talked about." Well,
1: then it's not a crappy then, then it's a crappy reporter, frankly, because that major is not,
0: national Canadian news publication well, that doesn't
1: make it any better. That does not make it any better. I'm and not that saying to me, this that that to me suggests and confirms why people have lost trust in the media, because perhaps. when you are talking about source information, you're saying, "Well, I'll make sure to couch it this way so that we can go with it." That that is not. That's not reporting. That is torquing your your opinion in a
2: piece. That's not news. The only sure. winner in this is uh, is Donald Trump. And he's going to go out and beat his chest All about right. it.
0: Well, look, he hasn't been a winner for a year and a half. Let's see what happens in a couple well, months is, in November. He's sitting
1: in the White House, so he's a, a sense, bit of a winner. I mean, look.
0: Sense, right? he's, lost, he's, lost pretty, he's lost every Senate race that's in a swing state. He lost a race in Alabama. He's probably going to lose. That's fine,
1: but he's right he, on this.
0: He's He's on the verge of losing a Senate seat in
1: Texas. But he's right on this. Well, you, you cannot like he is right. The the biggest and most important publication in America, let alone maybe the world, wrote a hit piece that, you know, they didn't well, back it, up and it, source. It comes, they didn't even it, justify it, it, it or explain. It
0: comes in a couple of days in advance of a book by Bob Woodward. Yeah, and imagine where, like, that everyone, we didn't learn anything
1: other than what we had heard in Bob Woodward's book. So all that information was out there. Again, look, what was the news value?
0: I think look, I'm not gonna debate the New York Times. I just think that we should all be very concerned as citizens of the world. That if even half of the stuff in that piece is true or whatever is coming out in the Bob Woodward piece is true, we should be very concerned because we probably don't have a mentally stable person in the White House.
1: I'm very concerned about that. But Melissa, I'm equally concerned um, that, you know, people think that it's their obligation or their permission to, uh, uh, you know, unseat or, you know, undo a democratically
2: elected president, whether I like the guy or not. We see this online all the time. People with uh, different pseudonyms, we call them trolls. (laughs) <laughs> this is why I always they respect can write Michael whatever Chong. they want. Yeah, yeah, That's why I
0: respect Michael Chong. Michael Chong had a had a disagreement on policy with Prime yep. Minister Harper at the time. Nothing as big as this, but it was no, on whether, not or not, it was whether or not it was whether or not Quebec should be declared a nation. Uh. Uh, and he resigned. He resigned over right.
2: it. And it was out in the open. It was it's a, it's a creative Stephen Harper <laughs> push there.
0: No, oh, I'm not disc- I actually agreed with Stephen Harper's position on it, but I'm just saying, you know, he had, he had the guts to come out and actually that put his job on the line. A
1: lot of therapy for you. <sighs> Joking. All right. 828. I was going to move on to another topic and now I'm not, but we will. Oh, yes, we will talk about NDP leader Jagmeet Singh. Who's that? Exactly. That's next here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no
0: name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. 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 Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: Good to have you back here. 8.32 on this Thursday of a very short week, which is always great. We got uh, Melissa Lansman and Omar Khan joining me tonight. Let's talk a little bit about Jugmeat Singh, because apparently no one else is. Ever, we <laughs> shouldn't be laughing. Uh, but he did actually, you know, make a couple of headlines today because he is not going to return MP Aaron Weir to federal caucus. The guy that was expelled, I guess, in May because he was considered a close talker. And uh, Singh said today, "I'm confident that the harassing behavior will not be repeated, but he's still not going to re- reinstate him." And this is infuriated, infuriated NDP. Uh, you know a, a, um MPs and and I guess all sorts and they're speaking out because they just basically said he has not followed the rules but here's a guy who reinstated Christine Moore who had several yeah. other kind of so i think i'm not
0: going to defend by. him on this but i think his rationale was in the way we're handled it right like he he publicly came out uh, um uh, demonizing the accuser named the accuser look
1: what Are you talking about that's
0: the look? This, this is this is a symptom of a larger problem with Jagmeet. You choose or you
1: talk too closely with, to me? With, is that a crime? J- Jigemis, it's not a crime being weird. <laughs> J-
0: Jigmeet's my friend, uh, but uh, from university, but uh, he, th- well, he might this, be a nice guy. Th- this I don't is think a he's symptom a symptom of a larger problem, and his larger problem is what some, something that he didn't understand, uh, is he should have learned from people like Brian Mulroney and Jean Crenshaw, which is. You gotta keep close to the caucus. You have to. You have to have the pulse of your caucus because, especially if you're an outsider like he is, right? He's not. He's not an old boy of the NDP. He didn't come up with a union background, right? Uh, and let's be honest, he's a visible minority. And even in the NDP in Canada, it's it's harder. It's it's it is harder uh, to to break down some of those barriers. Uh, and it's even harder to do it when you don't, like, put in the time to build relationships with key people, key veterans in your caucus. And you're seeing that a, a lot of them aren't running again.
2: Yeah, look, Jagmeet saying needs to be making news, but he doesn't need to be making news uh, with yeah. his own, w- w- within his own caucus uh, and having uh, having those guys
0: yeah.
2: uh, rise up against him for, like uh, for lifers, not letting like, the weird guy back in.
0: If lifers like chris christopherson aren't running again like like
2: it's a disaster crazy, but right? like, you know and well t-
1: i'm going to talk a little bit more uh with a, a pretty uh, big ndp uh, talking about the party because i think they're in a lot of trouble but i just i don't understand how he doesn't give this guy a chance i mean the guy was like hung out to dry on an allegation of being awkward
2: I don't understand why this is the only time we're ever talking about Jagmeet Singh. I think the last time we (laughs) talked on this show uh, about Jagmeet, uh, it was this issue. uh, And there's been nothing in between. So there is. Well, there have been, but
1: there have been a whole bunch of missteps every time we're talking about him. It's because either he's he doesn't know his party's gun policy or he doesn't know. (laughs) He isn't ready for prime time.
0: Yeah, less so, less than so the guy, Edith, Mr. Again is, is, a, is a smart guy. Who? He's, Jagmeet, he's a smart guy intellectually. I think his pro, like, one of the things we noticed uh, uh, from the liberal side of things w- from his time at Queen's Park was he wasn't the hardest worker all the time. Um, and so he's, you know, he, he he came in with a big bang. He's got a bit of a pizzazz. I even wrote about it. I said, I, as a liberal, I was worried. I thought he might be able to mobilize a lot of the traditional voters in, in the in the suburban communities around Toronto and Vancouver. He hasn't been able to do that. We actually beat their, you from, know. We, we, from we a conservative the, perspective, I hope he's doing, doing better. Like, I election. will help
2: him. <laughs> What? We need him to do better. Well,
0: right, as it stands right that now. That would
2: be unique. He as it stands that.
0: right now, this, the party that after Jack Layton had 58 seats in Quebec is going to be wiped out in Quebec. Mm. Uh, he's he's nowhere in the GTA. We beat the pants off of him in a by-election in Scarborough. And uh, we'll see if he wins his own by-election. Yeah, if that's ever trouble. called.
1: Yeah, Let's talk about Eugenie Bouchard, okay? Uh, she's in trouble with politicians in Quebec who say she betrayed us because apparently she lives in Florida where low taxes are. That's where she trains. And now she's really irritated them because she's got a place in tax-friendly Bahamas. So does she owe the Quebec government, which I'm sure invested as, uh, you know, a young athlete? Do, do
2: athletes all of a sudden owe politicians something? We invested in her as a young athlete. She was a national pride for as long as she was a national pride. But if we expected everybody to live where they were born, well... I wouldn't be here and I know that Gomar would be here. I was
0: born in Ottawa, <laughs> so I you know, I definitely wasn't well, going to stay in Ottawa. You should stay in Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, um, you know, uh, I, I, if, I uh, if I was a Quebecer, mm. Uh, I'd be proud. Uh, well, I wouldn't be proud of her recent performance, but but I would be proud. I, mean, yeah, be I would more, have been proud when she made the semifinals of Wimbledon uh, that somebody born and raised, a uh, pure Quebecois, uh, somebody who who had been supported at early stages uh, by the government of Quebec and potentially the government of Canada had made it big on the world stage. It brings profile to Canada. It brings profile to Quebec. Uh, this is, um, you know, this, this is... Um, this is a non-story. Oh,
2: Omar, you you'll appreciate this, but I'll 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 usually never say this, but we should uh, we should uh, give a head nod to Quebec, who's balanced their budget, unlike Ontario, <laughs> for a number of years. So I'm not sure that uh, that Eugenie Bouchard's uh, taxes would have made the difference.
1: Yeah, and it and it's not like you know Quebec's never had anyone invest in them from outside of Quebec. Bombardier. Yeah. yeah. Think so. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Trans, uh, trans Mountain and the um, the effects it's had. And I'm going to spend more time at 8:46 uh, talking about this because there's a lot of talk of separatism, which we normally associate with Quebec, but apparently this is happening in Alberta. Could you see this as a movement, Melissa, that actually catches on?
2: So there's obviously a real anger uh, in uh, in Alberta. Uh, one that I think the uh, the conservatives there uh, seem to have. sort of tapped into and and begun to understand. I don't think the way of getting uh, oil out of our country is necessarily separatism, in fact. Especially when Uh,
0: you're a landlocked province.
2: Well, you're a landlocked, but the problem, I mean, they've been trying to get resource to market. They're
1: paying the bills for the whole country. Separatism isn't going
2: to be the way to do that. However... Uh, however, uh, th- you know, looking at this um, and looking at a deep-seated anger in uh, in, uh, in Alberta is going to play heavily in the next election. Uh, and again, I think the Tories have understood that a whole lot better than anyone else.
0: Yeah, uh, look, uh, Western alienation is not a new factor. It goes back 30 or 40 years. Yeah, to who? Western alienation. Yeah, by who? Yeah, well, it's the National Energy uh, Program, uh, Pierre Trudeau. Yeah, right? And now know.
1: it's even worse under who?
0: Look um, Who? We, if we're talking about a pipeline. Who? If, if that pipeline, pipeline. If, if the government, if the Trudeau government had not had not moved, if they had not moved to take ownership of that mm-hmm. pipeline, oh that court ruling would have killed it. It would have been dead, dead in the water. <sighs> Because of the fact that mm-hmm. the government now has a stake in the project, it's mm-hmm. going to get done. Oh, yeah. when? Not like as fast as 2092? all of us would like it to. But look, it's going to, what do you, are we going to use the notwithstanding clause to, like, come on, we have to be realistic here. The court is giving some clear directions. No, but they, they did directions. campaign on getting
1: a pipeline built. They didn't. and, and Albert-
0: They're working towards it, right? Oh. Like, look, you got to follow the court rulings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave three uh, s- succinct pieces of advice on Global Morning Show the other day to, to the prime minister. I think he should move uh, quickly uh Towards an appeal to the Supreme Court. Well, uh, uh,
1: forget that. Give me a break. Hold on. That'll tie up courts I, for a couple I, of years. I got, I got two more. I want my dollars back. <laughs> I got two.
0: He should launch an appeal very quickly. He should appoint somebody like Joe Clark <laughs> <laughs> uh, to reach. out
1: oh, Come on. Anyway, okay. Th- third th- point. To reach out yeah, to build consensus amongst the uh,
0: First Nations communities. Mm-hmm. And secondly, he should bring on the majority of First Nations communities in BC, which are actually supportive of the project. Uh, and get them to try and build consensus with their uh, w- with uh, with the other First Nations over there. Look, we can get this done. We just have to do so in a constitutional and legal manner.
2: Yeah, right. Thirty seconds. Last point to you. That wouldn't have stopped the uh, the court decision. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Well, but, but the no, court decision no,
0: but, was about duty to consult.
2: Yeah, and they consulted, and we a consult, lot.
1: and we consult. Not
0: enough. According All we to the do court.
1: in this country <laughs> is consult on the things we're going to we consult about. We should about. actually start building. The C word is is now my. Which is why they need
0: to appeal the decision to the Supreme Court. Yes, let's
1: tie it up in courts for years, shall we? That'll (laughs) improve relations. Thank you, Omar, Melissa Lansman. We won't broadcast this one in Alberta. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.
0: You're listening to
2: On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.